all bad things. Tragedy. Tragedies, disasters. That's bad things. Trigger warning for everything possible. What? I'm Rachel. <laughs> and I'm David. And this is All Bad Things. <laughs> Got me again. Of, of course. Uh, follow us Insta, Twitter, Facebook at All Bad Things Pod. Email us allbadthingspod at gmail.com. Join our Facebook discussion group. Don't be a dick. Kindly answer the question. Um, and, and don't be a dick. Just let that be a life lesson too. Yeah, you know what? It's a good. <laughs> just an, <laughs> it's a good. It's just a good, in, in, in any circumstance. Ruling principle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are you drinking tonight? I am drinking a uh, Mick Ultra mm. prickly pear. Well, technically it's lime and prickly pear, but I just oh. like to call it prickly pear. Mm-hmm. You like a prickly pear? I do. Yes, I think you were uh, drinking one of those last week which is last night because we're we're kind of uh, uh recording ahead mm-hmm. at this juncture so for the first time in a while yeah so if we're not commenting on something major that just happened which is highly possible because it's 2020 yeah, that's um, true something crazy is happening every day so basically. this is july 19th 18th. 18th today is the 18th, 18th. yes we recorded last week's episode on the 17th (laughs) so and we might record again tomorrow depending yes (laughs) so yes when it's your uh your short weeks at work it's easier to get some more Mm -hmm. recording in um i am drinking a very diluted gin and soda ah that's what that is okay Mm -hmm. yep just lots of soda clearly may i try sure it is has the conniption gin from durham distillery (sighs) Delicious. Mm-hmm. Delicious. Delicious. Yeah, it, it just kind of tastes like club soda with just like a hint of, ooh, what's that? <laughs> Gin. 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 <laughs> um, I feel like... Food. <laughs> food. I feel like the, the one thing about recording multiple nights in a row is that we don't have as much to say. In the beginning, but maybe that's for the best. Maybe people are like, yes, please record multiple nights in a row, and then we don't have to worry about it. And then somebody out there is like, they're just going to find something to talk about anyway. <laughs> Fast forward Very through. true. I feel like this topic will have a lot of things for us to go on tangents about. So Okay. Just, just like, our, just like our last episode. Oh, we went on in that episode, didn't we? Yes. Um... So, I've been teasing this episode a lot. You have. Uh, That it's a multi-parter. That it's historic. Historic, correct. That it's old. Yes. Old historic. Yes. Um, And one of history's mysteries. (laughs) Again, the show. That's just... But I don't know if it's ever appeared on that show because I've never seen it, so... Um, I'm sure sure it has. I, I... the only thing that comes to mind, but I don't know if this would be an all bad thing or what. I don't think so. But the only thing that comes to mind is just building the pyramids. That's all I oh, can think a, of. That's a good guess. Well, the pyramids are one of history's mysteries, they are. right? Yes. Um, because they're not sure how exactly. Well, they people have some pretty good theories now on the nowadays. That they used. Yeah. yeah. But still, it was like, still like look at these things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess it 
it, well, I don't know what, I don't, I actually don't know much about the, the pyramids of Giza, so I couldn't necessarily comment on what would, have, would be a disaster <laughs> or otherwise. All I know about them really is that I'll probably never see them at this point. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. my sister's seen them. Yes, She's been inside a, of them. That would be it's awesome. It's apparently very... Kind of creepy and scary. Kind of, kind and, of macabre. <laughs> well, just that it's dark and sure. very narrow. Uh, do you get claustrophobic at all? Not really. I don't think yeah. so. Something like that would be a little different, though. I, who knows? It, it seems a little extreme. Yeah. Like, in terms of what you encounter in your Yeah, I don't think I'm going to go spelunking life. anytime soon <laughs> right? at this point in my life. I, there would have been a time where I definitely would have done it, like, probably 20 years ago. I would still very much like to go to, like... Carlsbad Caverns. Yeah, that kind of stuff. stuff. But yeah. yeah, I'm not crawling down into anything. Yeah. At this point in my life, there's no. Like the, I'll, just, I'll just take the stairs. My favorite murder covered the uh, baby Jessica. Oh, yeah. I remember the, in the well? Uh-huh. Yeah. And they talked about like what they had to do to get her out, and it included some really frighteningly claustrophobic situations for like people who could... There was a firefighter who could dislocate his clavicle or something. <laughs> Damn. So, or was missing collarbones genetically something. Anyway, um, this has nothing to do with that. <laughs> Here's another hint. I, because I am not well educated, I learned about this for the first time when we visited UNC with your dad. Hmm. Oh, is this the missing people? Is can the, you the be things? more specific? I can't remember the name of I can't remember the name of Are the incident. Are you trying incident. to say the lost colony of Roanoke, my friend? That would be the one. This is the story wow. of the lost okay. colony of Roanoke, and I warn you, there's so many pages I already have, and I haven't gotten to the actual lost colony yet. Th- this is essentially like a history report. <laughs> Massively so, so much so. I know this is going to be a multi-parter. I don't. I haven't even finished it yet. Um, and it's also episode 160. It is episode 160 and 161 and one and possibly, possibly 162. 162. So I have like sort of stopping point number one, which when we get to will. I'll go, I'll go have before. a smoke. Yeah. <laughs> or we'll evaluate if maybe that's the end of the episode, right? Then I have another couple pages we can do if we want to. Then I have another couple pages we can do if we want to. Let's leave it up to the audience. Everybody phone in. <laughs> Let's put up our 900 number. We're going back to the 80s. Uh, local, local. They had 900 numbers? In the 80s? Oh, yeah. No, no, I... I'm... Why would you pay to call a radio station? No, no, I'm talking about like a, like if it was a TV show, like American Idol. You know, originally Those were 800 had, numbers. I thought they had like... No? Oh, okay. Oh, I thought no, they did not, originally. Not, not American Idol, I don't think, did, but... Anyway. Oh, no. I'm trying to think back. No, it, you could, it was just like a push button. I... Man, did I ever vote? I don't think I ever did. Not on... I only watched the first season of American Idol and I... Maybe I called in once. You know what? I feel like I may have. I caught. I uh, called in Dial MTV a couple of times when that was a show. What were you dialing into MTV for? Uh, requests. Oh, what did you request? I don't remember. I just remember I got through on two different times. Okay, I was able to request one fine day by Sk- the sh- Skid Row. Who knows? <laughs> by the Chiffons um, on Magic One Hundred Two Point Seven when I was like seventeen. There you go. I was very excited. Proud moment. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> this, 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 this was a rant that originally so, started out so as me d- describing first... <laughs> what I think this would look like as a television show. We're just stopping, clearly with we're a just stopping number. at the first uh, yeah. <laughs> stopping point. Okay. So, 
In the 1580s, which, Jesus, the 500 old, years ago. The good old days. Yeah. Sir Walter Raleigh, our city's namesake, yes. made multiple attempts to establish a colony on the coast of modern-day North Carolina. When a relief mission was sent to the last colonists, arriving in 15, 1590, all the inhabitants were missing, as were most of their belongings. They were never found or heard from again. Ever. Ever. To, to this we day. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. There's some pretty mysterious stuff surrounding it, which we will get to when I research. <laughs> so far, here are my sources. This list, this list will continue to grow. Biography.com, Encyclopedia Britannica, Encyclopedia.com, History.com, LostColony.com, National Geographic, the National Park Service, NCpedia, North Carolina Department of Natural and Cultural Resources, Primary homework help because I am an elementary school child. Uh, Roanoke the Lost Colony Shout out to Janessa M, Emily M, and Sophie Z, who are credited as creating the website. Small Planet and Wikipedia. Wikipedia has actually been immensely helpful because it just summarizes everything, you know? Especially. Makes it nice and neat. Especially because I did not intend to deep dive this. It's just that everything led to something else. And next thing I know, I'm covering the entire colonialization of America. So it's next thing you know, you've been through every page on Wikipedia basically, that ever existed. Basically. And you're like, shit, I didn't even write anything down. <laughs> so this story is historic, but in like way historic as in the colonization of modern-day United States. I think it's one of those things that people are like, yeah, I think I've heard about that, or that sounds familiar. The Lost Colony? Yeah. So but, I but literally, just... they did, they had a um, an exhibit at the UNC mm-hmm. library yes. that we saw with your dad, and I remember being like, oh, because they had a whole thing on Sir Walter Raleigh. Yes, they did. And they mentioned the Lost Colony, and I was like, what was that? Well, they it's also in the History Museum. They have a little okay. section on that. Uh, but Downtown. I'd heard it, yes, but I'd heard of it before, but I, yeah, I don't know a whole hell of a lot about it. Other than that, these people went missing, have never been heard from again. Nobody, nobody, nobody knows. knows. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And there's, how could you know at this point? Uh, my no, my right. God. Exactly. There, there, That's no exactly way. correct. Uh-huh. All you would have are theories. And That's any of, exactly and what any of them have, could yeah. be... Mm-hmm. Legitimate. Yep. Well, that's why they're still out there as theories. Yeah. They got under a, uh, an animal attack. Well, don't go listing the. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> don't go listing them. We'll get to them. We'll get to that. Let's not get into that just yet. <laughs> all the theories. Yes. So, as we all hopefully know by now, especially if we actually live in North America, people first migrated to North America via the land bridge that used to exist between Asia and Alaska now covered in water, known as the Bering Strait, thousands of years ago, resulting in the first settlements on the continent and establishing the various indigenous people of the area, of the massive area, because as we know, as we know now, the Europeans did not know for a very long time, but as we know now, what is now North America is massive. It's very, very large. gigantic. They thought, like, the Pacific Ocean was, like, two miles down the road, which we'll get to multiple times, but, um, so pertinent to our story, oh, and there's going to be so many names that we will recognize as people and places and places that are named after people in the the story, right? Because we live 
what, it's two hours to the Outer Banks? Two and a half hours to the Outer Banks? Two and a half, like right, yeah. right when you start to get to them. Mm-hmm. Like if you want to go out to some of the further islands, That's true. some of yeah. those are... Like Wilmington's two hours away. Yeah, It's a little far. Much. It's more like two and a half, plus if there's bad traffic, like to get there's to Kill like Devil, one... Like where we went to Kill Devil yeah. Hills, that was mm-hmm. like two and a half hours away. There's like one single bridge that gets really yeah, there's one. There's, there's one route in and mm-hmm. out. That's uh-huh. it. That's it. And for some reason, people are still going there right now for vacation. <laughs> I don't get it. But okay. Uh, stay home, wear your masks. But uh, pertinent to our story is who ended up settling on what would become the so-called lost colony of Roanoke. So in modern geography, what that really is is Roanoke Island, which is around to this day. But the general area, and also will come up in this story, is the Outer Banks of North Carolina. So that's on our east coast along the Atlantic Ocean. Um, and the Outer Banks are barrier islands. They are glorified sand dunes. Literally. Yes, yes. Deposits of sand um, along the coastline. Now, that makes them very impermanent. Like, oh, I'm yeah, not entirely like, sure yeah. why you would want to buy a house on the Outer like, Banks. Just, well, you don't. That's why everybody rents their houses. <laughs> but somebody owns them. I People guess, do. But... I guess enough... That you can ma- recoup your money, but can you imagine the insurance on places oh, like my, that? Oh, I mean, no. Plus, with uh, climate change, they're going to just be impractical and gone one day. Well, they've they've at least figured out that hey, let's build everything uh, starting twenty feet above ground. Uh-huh. Like, let's have all the living spaces and. But eventually, <laughs> there will be no ground. Eventually, there. <laughs> eventually, there will be a rogue wave that just. <laughs> fucking comes in there and well i'm not even kidding no so beach erosion is a very major issue in the outer banks um on all on all the coasts around the world right now yes but especially on islands Mm -hmm. that are made entirely of sand yeah um and even (laughs) islands that are made of deposits yes uh (laughs) uh-huh and even like a hurricane like for example hurricane irene in 2011 can come along and wipe out a whole portion just like hurricane irene did with p island it lobbed off 200 feet or 60 meters of land um, or sand, really, you know. It's like, we're taking that back. Right. So, to be fair, chances are the topography of this region was at least a little different 500 years ago. Sure. You know. Plus, the maps that exist from that time, I mean, they're, 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 they give it their best shot. I mean, <laughs> sure. there there was... Surveying um, methods, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm imagining. I don't know how they fucking did it, but mm-hmm. I mean... That would have been another whole thing I could have researched that I didn't. Like everything had another thing. So what we can use for geographical reference in modern day is the Outer Banks. So let me pull out a kind of general. I I feel ashamed of how little I've been there since I've lived here. Yeah, I think I've only been there a handful of times. Me too, and I've lived here thirteen years. You've only been there once. Twice. I, I was there one time before. Oh, okay. Like, I thought you said our, your first time being at the Outer Banks was uh, for the, the wedding. Okay. Um, so we have stayed. Now this is going to be fascinating talk for everyone who can't see this. Um, we've generally stayed off of Al- Al- Albemarle. I am going to struggle so bad with pronunciation. The Albemarle Sound. Albemarle Sound. So that's where Kitty Hawk is, famously of the Wright Brothers. Uh, Duck. Duck Donuts fame. Uh, for anyone in North Carolina, Kill Devil Hills and Nags Head. Mm-hmm. And I think, okay, so here, right here, that's Roanoke Island. So Manio. Okay, yep. And Juan Cheese is okay. there. 
and we those names will come up a lot. So if uh, from uh, north to south, we've got uh, so technically the islands actually do reach up into Virginia to Virginia Beach. Sure. There are Outer Banks Islands. Barrier that, Islands. Yeah. Yes, that go up to there. But like on the mainland, uh, the northern part of what's generally considered like the main North Carolina Outer Banks on the mainland is Elizabeth City. Mm-hmm. And then if there's if we're traveling south, it's like Duck, Kitty Hawk, Kill Devil Hills, Nags Head. Then there's Roanoke Island, which sort of lies right in between the Barrier Island and the mainland. And the mainland, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, Rodanthe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did look that up. Avon. Hatteras is always my... Hatteras, yes. We will to, yeah. we will get to Hatteras as well. Ocracoke. And then uh, that's in Pamlico Sound. So those are like the two main bodies of water. So Roanoke Island has Albemarle. <laughs> I keep wanting to say Albemarle. <laughs> Marlboro Sound. <laughs> Albemarle Sound to its north and Pamlico Sound to the south. Um, so... Uh, I, I just said all the stuff I wrote out. Uh, all right. And then if you keep, if you kept going south, you'd hit Emerald Isle, Moorhead City, Atlantic Beach, that area. So, I mean, and then still, uh, as with all of the East Coast, it's just beach area from mm-hmm. then down, especially the southeast, right? Oh, you yeah. get to Wilmington and then into... Then the beaches start and they, then you they get don't towards stop, South really. Carolina. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly the East Coast uh, beach area because it is hot enough in these areas that even... Unlike the Northeast, where the summers are like... Yeah, I mean, because even in Virginia, it gets pretty chilly. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the beaches aren't open and... Yeah, North Carolina, you start getting a little more little, leeway. Yeah. You can you can still go after Labor the, Day. By the time you get to South Carolina and Georgia, the yeah. beaches start, start getting warm in like late March, early April. Mm-hmm. So, and then by the time you get down to South Florida and the yeah. Bahamas and stuff, you yeah. can just go year-round pretty much. It does get kind of chilly, though, there. The water does just, You just throw on a... Either, uh, you start out the day with shorts and a t-shirt, and at night, you either throw on jeans or you throw on a hoodie. Yeah. And mm-hmm. like that's your mm-hmm. that's yeah, your works. that's your wardrobe change. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the first settlers in the Outer Banks are and I use the term Outer Banks, it's a modern term, that's not what they're calling them then, but anyway, are thought to be a number of smaller people groups, mostly branches of bigger tribes like the Algonquin, Chawanog, and Potoski people. I am so sorry in advance for all the names I'm about to mangle. I looked up pronunciations for everything. Couldn't find it for a lot of them, so I'm just going to have to um, do my best on them. So some of these tribes include the Croatan, which will come up, the Hatteras, mm. the Cori, Machapunga, Pamlico, Roanoke, and Secatan. So that's how a lot of these names, they come from uh, Native American words. So, of course, as we know, things couldn't have just okay these people uh settled in the area the first people to arrive right so we just leave them alone and let them have the land yeah they just left they're like this place that we've been working on for um generations you guys can just have it here you go so i'm about to go on a slight (laughs) rail on european colonialism i told you i might get a little political here um but anyway uh, unfortunately for everyone, Europe learned of the existence of the continent, the so-called New World, in 1492, 
when a jackass named Christopher Columbus navigated from Spain to what he called the West Indies, which is the Caribbean part of Central America and the extreme northern parts of South America. So the Caribbean, basically. And here's my disclaimer. In case you can't tell my viewpoint by now, let me make it very clear. This was the beginning of the massively unjust and thoroughly disgusting takeover of the continent by European colonialists. If you disagree, shut the fuck up and turn this off now, because I don't give a shit and I don't want to hear it from you. And you don't have to hear it from me. Turn me off right now. I don't give a shit. Neil deGrasse Tyson agrees with everything you're saying, but Mm -hmm. what he also says, which I agree with, is kind of eye-opening a little bit. He's like, this is one of the most important events in human history. He's like, because when that land bridge between Asia and North America closed off, Mm -hmm. he was like, that left thousands of years of... Isolation. Isolation between two two different types of people, Mm -hmm. two different cultures, and Mm -hmm. they didn't see each other for, Mm you know, a couple thousand years, and all of a sudden they're being reintroduced. Mm -hmm. So... Well, no, I agree with that. Yeah. I just but think... But how they're being reintroduced. How a, they're re- reintroduced yes. and the attitude with which those exploring these, quote, new lands yeah. had... Or somebody already lived. Feelings of superiority, <laughs> feelings of, like, everything needs to be Christian and everything needs to be white. And it needs to be mine. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't genuine... Let's go meet new friends. Let's see if they're cool with us staying with them. That literally happened once and we had a holiday after it. What? Thanksgiving. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, you know, we're talking between, or uh, er, before. Yes, Pilgrims, like yes, by, uh, by Pilgrims 30 are... to 40 years. 1620, yeah. I believe. I was going to say, yeah. I only know that because I looked it up. <laughs> so we are, okay, yes. So we're about 125 years out. No. The pilgrim. Pil- Pilgrims. Uh, well, we the, so the bulk of this story takes place in the 1580s. Oh, oh okay. So it's I see. really only like they're uh, all the pilgrims 30, are almost here. Yes. Thirty years. Okay. Out, and that was uh, a specific group of yes, people. Yes, it was. Um. So yeah. Um. Anyway, let's get back to the dipshit Columbus. Um. <laughs> at the time of Columbus, the two major world powers. So this is why this is going to be such a massive episode because I'm literally going back to Columbus and discussing European colonialization. Just wait till we get to the Reformation. Hmm. All right. Uh, the two major world powers when it came to the high seas were Spain and Portugal. And now that they found new territory to take by force, it was foreseen that a fair amount of conflict could arise as these two empires raced to see what they could find. So to avoid unnecessary bloodshed, the Treaty of Tordesillas designated a line of geographical demarcation, like here's what belongs to Portugal, here's what belongs to Spain. Oh, you mean there's already people there? Oh, they're not white. That doesn't matter. It's okay. (laughs) We'll show them the chart at least. Like, we own this. (laughs) They own that. The Pope said we own this, dude. uh, What's your problem? See, this guy signed it. Mm Mm-hmm. It's just ours now. Oh, yeah. Listen to who signed it. So it was ratif- It was signed in 1494 by Ferdinand II of Aragon, Isabella I of Castile, John Prince of Asturias, and John II of Portugal. I know it sounds like Game of Thrones. I was just going to say. And it was ratified by Pope Alexander VI because Catholicism was the largest ruling Western religious power of the day. 
fuck it all. <laughs> all right, after Columbus reached the Caribbean islands, I, I go back and forth between saying Caribbean and Caribbean. Yeah, I feel like I say the Caribbean as the region, and then like I... The Caribbean, it, Caribbean as, the, as yeah, the islands? Yeah, it's weird. I don't know. Anyway, um, another Italian explorer, John Cabot, or Giovanni Cabato in Italian, which I did not know. I heard heard of John Cabot, though is credited with being the first European to arrive on the mainland of the continent. Uh, Throughout the early part of the 16th century, other explorers followed, including Pedro Alvarez Cabral of Portugal, Juan Ponce de Leon, pertinent to my home state. Um, We have, uh, there's a main drag in Coral Gables in South Florida called Ponce de Leon Boulevard, I think it is. Everyone calls it Ponce. The Ponce. Take a left. No, not the Ponce. No, I'm just saying now, nowadays it's going to be called no, the Ponce. Yeah. Take a left on Ponce. Um, and he was of the crown of Aragon, basically like the Spanish Empire. Many Spanish conquistadors. <laughs> crown of Aragon. That literally I does. know, it does sound like Game of Thrones. <laughs> Actually, I think Aragon is a... Aragorn. The, the other fantasy... Aragorn, I believe. That sounds, that sounds like it's some... Um, not Lord of the Rings, yeah, but yes. one of those. Yep. Is yeah, it Aragorn? Aragorn? I yeah. think it is Aragorn. Anyway, he's the prince of that. <laughs> so Spanish conquistadors and the Italian explorer Giovanni da Verrazzano, among many others. Oh, or yeah. Verrazzano, as in Verrazzano Nero's fame, right? The bridge? Sure. In New York? You didn't know about the Verrazzano Nero's? I, I think so. they renamed it, but it, it was a bridge... Uh, in New York City. It's one, oh. one of the, like, the Brooklyn, the Verrazano Narrows. Oh, okay. Okay. Right. I know more about New York than you do, apparently. Uh, <laughs> to highlight the expiration of the location of our disaster, so being the East Coast, which, of course, they arrived at first. It took a long time to get to the West, um, even though they thought it was literally just like, oh, hop, skip, and a jump. We had to buy the 3, West. 3,000 yeah. miles. We had to buy the West first, and then we sent And then people. drive a whole bunch of people out of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, really horribly. Verrazano was the first to sail along the east coast of the continent from modern-day Outer Banks of North Carolina to Newfoundland, Canada, in 1524. Oh, yeah. When he reached Pamlico Sound, which, again, remember, is sort of the southern-ish part of the the, inside of the Outer Banks. The few times I have been there, Hatteras is where I've usually gone. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Well, we were... You said you've only been there twice. So once you were in Hatteras and once you were in no, Nagshead. Anyway, I've been I have been to Hatteras. It's nice there. Okay. I I don't think I have. I've only ever been around um Kill Devil and Nagshead. That's that's the main place I've been. It, it makes sense cuz it's it's just right there. You don't have to drive all no, the way up or down. Yeah. And there is literally only room for one single road like to actually travel on. So, yeah. Um it's gorgeous. So though. he, yeah, it is beautiful. So when he reached Pamlico Sound, uh, he he thought he had reached the Pacific Ocean. Ah. <laughs> uh. So I mean, I people still thought the world was flat. So That's why true. not? Sure, we'll make it the Pacific Ocean. Nobody knew exactly where they were. Yeah. Um, and he reported back to both France and England that he was pretty sure he found an ocean route to China. He's like, I got it. Yay! <laughs> Um, but no, he hadn't, <laughs> very clearly. But it kind of didn't matter because neither King Francis I nor King Henry VIII did anything about it. Now, are you ready for my next 
deep dive? Yes, let's do it. Let's talk about Henry VIII. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know that? Oh, I have so many songs to sing in regards to this topic. I I know which one. You know I'm Henry VIII. Yes. Henry the Eighth, I am, I am. I got married to the widow next door. She's been married seven times before, and everyone was an Henry. Henry wouldn't have a Willie or a Sam. No Sam, I'm the right old man. I'm Henry. Henry the Eighth, I am, I am. Made famous in the movie Ghost. Really? They played it in Ghost? He sang it to her. Patrick Swayze's really? character sang it to Whoopi Goldberg because Whoopi Goldberg was trying to deny that she could hear him. So, uh, so, oh. he, so he just kept her up all night. <laughs> By singing yes. Herman's Hermits yes. to her. Mm-hmm. Mm. So that's my first Henry VIII song. We'll get to the next one. Um, so Henry was a weirdo. He, he was an asshole. And I mean, shock and horror. There was a monarch who was an asshole. Um, they all are. Spoiler alert. Uh... As you may recall from your learnings and your teachings, Henry VIII uh, was the guy who had six wives. <laughs> like I literally just said. <laughs> I have so many great portraits to show you. Um, we need to remember that beauty standards were different in different times. <laughs> are we really going to... I don't want to mock are we, Henry are we gonna Are we going to body positive the 1500s? <laughs> Considering that they were probably considered the beautiful just if you were, of their time. Just if you were alive, you were making it in the 1500s. Uh, that's very nice. <laughs> <laughs> he has a very tiny mouth and a very long nose and very beady eyes. Yeah, I, he, I'm, I'm Henry VIII. There are modern people that still look like that. So, well, so yeah. they did. I, somebody did a thing recently where they modernized portraits mm-hmm. of like as Elizabethan characters, which obviously Elizabeth was his daughter. We'll get to her, but um, so they put him in like I'll show it to you later. It, in like modern dress and hair and like a tux. <laughs> he looks like a very bizarre looking modern person. He still doesn't look quite right. Well, what was it? Uh, <laughs> In this one uh, clip I saw with Mike Myers, where he's talking about uh, there are only six faces in Europe, and he has, <laughs> and he has one of them because his, his grandparents were like off the boat Scottish, mm-hmm. so wound up in Canada. That's funny. Um, so he he wasn't because <laughs> he had six wives. Uh, well, look you at may him. Not, I, mean, I know, right? I mean, what a charmer! Damn. Uh, <laughs> look, so... at that, look at that hat. This guy, this guy here, this charmer, he wasn't really into the whole till death do us part nah. thing, unless he was the one doing the deathing. Yeah, <laughs> until he was deathing people. Yeah, um, and that was a problem because at the time, England was a Catholic country Uh-oh. with papal authority. Uh-oh. So he married Catherine of Aragorn. It's Aragon. I'm pretty sure it's Aragon. Aragon. I put yeah. Aragorn. <laughs> Wait, is it Aragorn? It's Aragon, I thought. I thought so too, but now I'm starting to. Uh oh. Oh boy. Sorry. Pulling out the Wikipedia. I don't want to get this wrong. Catherine of Aragon. Aragon. <laughs> okay. Aragon. Aragon. That meaning era's it, gone. Meaning, yeah, it's, um, thank God. Now, here's something very interesting about Catherine of Aragon. She was actually older than Henry by five years. Oh. And the widow of his dead brother. Oh, nice. Yes. Good so. move. Oh, that's, yes. That's smooth. <laughs> um, so he got married to her when he was 17 and she was 23. I like this kid. Like, he's, yeah, Well, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Um, so uh, he actually had to get 
uh, special dispensation from the Pope to marry her because she was a widow. Uh, and there was a weird scripture sure. thing about like, oh, you know, you're probably, still married in real life. It probably still exists today. It does in yeah. certain fundament, more fundamental um, sects. Yes, it does. But Catherine had a really shitty time of pregnancies, as most women did because of the horrifying rate of uh, child and infant death. Um, she was pregnant, uh, confirmed six times, and only one lived past a couple months old. Wow. Yeah. And it was a daughter named Mary, who we'll get to. Uh, so for her troubles of trying to produce a male heir over, a, the, over like a couple decades, Henry just like carried on affairs, of course, naturally, because uh, patriarchy. And his eye was caught by one of Catherine's ladies-in-waiting, one Anne Boleyn. So he started doing some mental gymnastics to figure out how he could no longer be married to Catherine under the Catholic hmm. Church, right? Hmm. But divorce, not really such uh, a... Like, Let's like, not get into that. It's like He's like, there's got to be a way to work around this. <laughs> exactly. And he sure tried. So Catherine wasn't into it. Catherine was like, you're not getting rid of me like that. So Henry tried to get Pope Clement VII to annul the marriage, which... Pff, it's a divorce, dude. The jig is up. Um, but, uh, and so here's why he thought he could do this other than being the King of England. Uh, he had gotten that special dispensation to marry Catherine in the first place. He defended the Catholic church against Martin Luther, one of the biggest, um, figures of the reformation and Protestantism. Are you nodding ironically? Or no, no, no. Really? I've, okay, I've heard okay. of some of this stuff. Not all of it, but I know who Martin Luther is. So he was kind of like, well, you owe me a favor, don't you, Pope? You owe me a solid. So this is all like the drunk history version of the English Reformation, <laughs> to be clear. I'm, sh I'm sure it was so much more intricate and complicated than what I'm saying. And obviously I'm compacting it into a tiny little bit. Because... I think it might have been more intricate, but not necessarily more complicated, because I think the attitude back then was just like, well, we'll, we'll just kill them. We'll just, or we'll just make <laughs> shit up. We'll make up new shit. Yeah, and kill yeah. them. Uh, plus, <laughs> Pretty this easy. Is, this is all over made-up fairy tales yeah, anyway. Yeah, this, this is over nothing, so, literally. Yeah, literally. It's shit people are making up. It's called religion. Um, now that I've, I'm sure, just gone and, uh, insulted anyone else who's listening who's hung in after my anti-colonial list rant um at any rate long story short england broke off from the roman catholic church to form the church of england in 1534 and henry was able clever, to get clever clever name yeah, right <laughs> so original and able to get uh henry was able to get his annulment wink wink from catherine and in the process declare himself the king I mean, as the leader of the church of england it's he all, declared I mean, himself to his own pope it's always been like this i mean it's just it it's i mean it's fuckery and tomfoolery it's, it's just it's the rules are for you people for normal people not for the elite like i'm i'm a what the hell is the Joel Olstein? Oh, Joel Osteen, I think uh, his name is. I get to do whatever I want, mm -hmm. and you're still going to give me money <laughs> for you to do what I want. Mm -hmm. and, and, yeah, mm -hmm. It's just, yeah. it's like, come on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Stop. Um, Stop it. 
Side rant about religion. If you want to be religious, that is 100% entirely Absolutely. up to you. Please don't join a mega church. They are swindling you. I guarantee it. Most likely. Find a nice small church, local church, local congregation, house church, that's small, nice little things. Those are the good people. Those are the good people who are actually trying to do stuff. End rant. <laughs> um, They're not trying to get a jet. <laughs> yes. Anyone who's anyone who, who's trying to get a jet. Anyone who preaches health and take, wealth, take them off your They list. are fucking not preaching anything like what Jesus preached. That's no. all I have to say about that. Anyway, Henry went on to marry Anne Boleyn, who gave birth to Queen Elizabeth. Oh. The first, not the second. The second is alive now. She's only the second in like 500 oh. years, which is pretty interesting. Okay. Fantastic. Um, but it took a lot to become queen. So anyway, <laughs> but she wasn't a boy. Oh, dear. What must we do? Um, and then uh, Henry ended up uh, having Anne beheaded. Uh-huh. The first one. He, he had more. Uh, he, he finally got his little beloved little boy with his next wife, Jane Seymour. Not the medicine woman. She would be alive years later. Yeah. <laughs> and designed shitty jewelry for Kay. Yes, yes she would. <laughs> uh, so his son was Edward VI. Uh, who would succeed him, but only for six years. Okay, so really quick. Jane died of blood poisoning after childbirth. He married and divorced Anne of Cleves. Then he married and beheaded Catherine Howard. And then he married Catherine Parr. That's the marriage and deaths of Henry. Of this What dude. a looker. Yes. <laughs> so after Henry died in 1547, his son Edward became king, like I said, for only six years. Before dying of tuberculosis. Oh, I didn't get his picture. He looked very sickly. But they kind of all look sickly. <laughs> he he named his successor. So Edward named his own successor, Lady Jane Grey, who's known as the Nine Days Rule Queen, because she literally ruled for nine days after his death before basically the succession was taken out to like the Privy Council, which I don't even know what that is. No, a whole other podcast. It, it, involves, um, it involves dragons, whatever it is. <laughs> and the throne was given to Mary, Henry, and uh, Catherine, not Parr, the other Catherines, only child who lived past infancy. Remember I said that they only had one who lived? Of the six? Yes. Mm-hmm. Now Mary would become known by her interesting moniker, Bloody Mary. Oh. And this is Bloody Mary. Okay. Does she look a little stern to you? Just a little bit. I, I think uh, the two of these people right here. Look at that. I'm a little scared. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I was looking into all of this, all I could think of is if you were telling this story to Prince William and Prince Harry, they'd be like, this is my fucking family. Yeah. This is like my great, 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 great grandmother. But I mean, yeah, and I mean, this is how human beings acted four hundred years ago. Acted? (laughs) Oh, true. We just do it a lot more violently now. Well, and 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 much more infrequently. But uh, yeah, back then it was just uh, bonkers. It's just is is this how people really behave? That's why I wanted to put this in because it's so interesting. Wouldn't it have just been easier to like say hello? And, you know, everybody makes each other dinner for one night, and that's how we introduce ourselves. Like, that would have been a lot easier, I I think. Pretty sure. 
But people were fucking maniacs and psychopaths people back then. are still maniacs and Not psychopaths. to this level. I mean, we we're, are much more controlled now than we were. Then. We're talking up. That's all. We're talking so straight sociopaths back in this this era. And you're saying we don't have sociopaths. I'm saying now. there were more. <laughs> okay, just that's more. What I'm saying. There's just more. Yes. And they're more. And they had. And they had. Oh, there were way yes. more unchecked. Uh-huh. They were I the ones that. doing the checking for the most right? part. Yeah. So do you know why Mary was called Bloody Mary? I don't. Uh, I'm because not sure she I liked want cocktails. To know. No. Because. <laughs> She was not happy about the Reformation. She was not behind her dad's, like, little dalliances. Obviously, I mean, too, like, he left her mom. She's like, I'm going to fuck up your shit, dad. Yeah. Yeah. So, really, so she ended up, she was all pro-Roman Catholic Church. She ended up having several hundred dissenters burned at the stake. Protestant dissenters. Jesus Christ. Yes. Uh, Now, to be fair... That was actually really common practice at the time. So she was bloody, but she was no more bloody than any other ruler at the time, basically. You know, it was all barbaric. So Uh, she also married Prince Philip of Spain. So she and that was it was a total um, consolidation of power move. And and solely to uh, start connect reconnecting England to the Roman Catholic Church because the Kingdom of Spain was still very much or the Spanish Empire was still very much a Roman Catholic and actually still is Spain is very Roman very ca- much so. heavily Roman Catholic um, so she was kind of moving it back in that direction. Now Mary didn't last too long though she died in 1558. They're not 100% sure why, although it seems like it might have been uterine cancer. She thought she was pregnant at one time, but then just kept not having a baby, but having horrible pains and stuff. So it just sounds awful. Her half-sister, Elizabeth I, daughter of Henry and Anne Boleyn, succeeded her. And she was not so down with the whole, let's reconnect with the Roman Catholic Church. So that's when it kind of just all fizzled out. So she was not down with the sickness. (laughs) Here is... Kimmy oh won. yes! Oh yeah! Yes! Famous, uh, famous uh, Kate portrait. Kate Blanchett. Think of Kate Blanchett. No, yes. I believe she played Elizabeth I. It'd probably be worth like seeing it. because she's playing her, but I've not seen that movie. Oh and yeah, I, just, uh, I actually have no interest I don't in either. dramatizations. And I, I, reading and I, it like this is fun, but aside and I, from and that, I don't with kings and queens and royalty. Like I've never been into. There's there's fantasy and there's sci-fi. Those are two different things. Yeah. This kind of shit is fantasy, and I'm just not. I'm just not into it. Except it really happened. Right, but it's in that I but it's <laughs> I in that realm mean, yeah. of like the same kings, queens, power moves. Yes. And, mm-hmm. um, but this is all incredibly imper- incredibly pertinent to colonialism. Oh, absolutely. And colonizing the new world, so yeah. And we are all descendants of most of these people, most most of us that live in North America. Yeah, if we're of European descent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, during the reign of Bloody Mary, one Walter Raleigh. Ah, there he is. Was born. Sir Walter Raleigh. Future sir. Ah. At the time, he was not born. He was was not a baby knight. He was just dude Walter Raleigh. He was just Walt. Walt. (laughs) Little Walty. He was born in England. They don't know his exact birth date, but they think it was either 1552 or 1554. Sweet jacket. I know, right? (laughs) So he was born. See, he could front a metal band today. That's what he could do. Well, he has an earring. Yeah. He's got a couple, it looks like. And the, the pointy beard. Yeah. You know. He um, looks like he went to uh, the 1500s version of Hot Topic. <laughs> A little bit. <laughs> 
Um, so he was born during the reign of Mary the First to a very Protestant family, Uh-oh. which means his family mm-hmm. hated Can't Mary the First, uh, very anti-Catholic, um, and actually for good reason because his dad had to hide to avoid being literally executed by Queen Mary. So uh, as a result, his family was massively anti-Catholic, and that is something that Sir Walter kept, clung on to. You can understand that, if if they're literally trying to Uh, kill you. Yeah, I would think so. I would think so. (laughs) That would make me anti-Catholic as well. (laughs) Right? In the 1560s, Protestantism was spreading too far into the Spanish Empire for for comfort for Philip II, who was now king. He was prince when he was married to Bloody Mary. Now he's, uh, sorry, Queen Mary. Now uh, he's the king. His relationship with his dead wife's half-sister and royal successor, Elizabeth, also wasn't great. Now in France, Protestantism was spreading via the French Calvinists, who adopted the moniker the Huguenots. Have we heard that before? I would not have been able to define a Huguenot prior to looking into this. No clue. French Calvinist fighting during the Reformation. Okay. There you go. (laughs) And Bob's your uncle. (laughs) (laughs) The Huguenots were heavily persecuted under the rule of Catherine de' Medici, another name that you hear, (laughs) the queen mother of King Charles IX. I promise this is all pertinent, this whole (laughs) Spain versus England shit. So great was Walter Raleigh's hatred of Catholic persecution that he, as a teenager, he was literally 17, he went to France to fight with the Huguenots. So he was like, from a young age, I am fucking taking my sword and killing me some Catholics. Was a little more um, dramatic than I intended. Probably what he was thinking, though. Yeah, probably. In his they were dramatic. They were dramatic back then. Too. <laughs> I, I mean, so. look at look at him. He went to 1500s hot topic. <laughs> of course, he's dramatic. It, it, which would be all misspelled because yeah. uh, old English was yeah. really weirdly spelled. Yeah. yeah, he'd have he'd have all the e's backwards. <laughs> Ye old hot topics. <laughs> yes. So also during this period, as New World exploration continued to and expanded into trade, right, because there's a lot of natural resources also in North America, English-Spanish relations continued to deteriorate. So not only was it the whole Protestant versus Catholic thing, it was like, no, that's mine. No, that's mine. And it's nobody's. <laughs> and meanwhile, there are already people who are living there who are completely unaware that there is this whole fight over something that... <laughs> well, unfortunately, the ones who are aware are suffering pretty horribly. Yes. So, yes, but, exactly. Uh, but imagine that. Imagine, like, right now, somebody that we don't know or don't even suspect is fighting over <laughs> our house. Our, yes, it literally, yes. <laughs> and then they just come and take it. Yes. Kill us with disease, torch our houses. Yeah. Yes, uh-huh, literally. So, as I mentioned before, this... <laughs> Election 2020. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Uh, So, as I mentioned before, the Spanish and the Portuguese had been the main colonists in the West Indies from back to Columbus's days, and they had signed the Treaty of Tordesillas to settle matters of conquest between themselves, approved by the Pope. So, anyone who was following the Pope was going to look at that and say, okay... There, there's the authority for that. But remember, the English now are not following people <laughs> no. authority. So they are they're like, like that means nothing to us. They're like, yeah, we've found like another avenue. 
Like, right. <laughs> so at the time of that treaty, they did not suspect that just a few days, decades later, that would be moot to uh, Protestant-controlled countries, yeah. especially They England. should have known that, but yeah. Well, um, and England started eyeing the New World and realizing they had no recognized treaty that they needed to abide by. So as a result, the supremacy of Portugal and Spain was challenged by privateers from France, the Netherlands, and the biggest one, England. One campaign particularly irritating to the Spanish was a fleet of six English ships that had established a trade route between England and the Spanish colony at San Juan de Ulula, Lua, Ulua, which is modern day... Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought you were handing yeah. it to Here, me. I'll just put oh. it there. Yeah, Modern fine. day Veracruz, Mexico, uh, led by John Hawkins and allowed by Queen Elizabeth. Because the Spanish considered this colony to be theirs, they considered Hawkins' fleet's activities piracy. And on September 24th, 1568, the Spanish attacked the fleet, killed 500 Englishmen, uh, but Hawkins survived and returned to England with obvious news Hey, we're basically at war yeah. with the Spanish now. <laughs> In case you guys didn't notice. <laughs> now, this battle became a cementing of the animosity between England and Spain that would eventually lead to an actual formal war. The Span- Anglo-Spanish War, which we'll get to. We still... This is all about the lost colony of Roanoke. Remember that. So after his stint as a Protestant... I put a warrior. <laughs> well, warrior. It's kind of cool. <laughs> Raleigh studied at Oxford followed by law at the Middle Temple Law College, where he de- also developed an interest in poetry. Oh, yeah. oh, yes. A dandy. Re- roses are red. <laughs> Violets are blue. I'd like to discover a new world. How about you? <laughs> his exploration days started in 1578 when he set out with his half-brother, Sir Humphrey Gilbert, to North America. Oh. This is Sir Humphrey Gilbert, and you can actually see yeah. a pretty major resemblance. You can see resemblance. the half, yeah. Mm-hmm. They, they, yes. do, they do share one gene pool. Yes, uh-huh. <clears throat> so they were going... <laughs> and mainly it's, and they, they both shop at the same store. <laughs> well, his is, he's got like armor on. A little bit, yeah. Uh, Gilbert does. But he was, that's uh, like a hot topic too. That's like <laughs> taking it up a notch. He's the goth of mm-hmm. the, the yeah. bunch, yeah. Uh, so they went to North America with the express mission of discovering the Northwest Passage. So ever since Europe had discovered the continent, <laughs> that's how I do air quotes on the discovered, Dis- discovered. <laughs> the continent of North America, they were working towards the idea of finding a route by sea from the North Atlantic, north of and through modern Canada to reach the Pacific Ocean. Eh? Oh yeah, and somehow they they knew that the Pacific Ocean was farther along or maybe they didn't and that was the whole problem at any rate um the aforementioned john cabot was the first to try to find the northwest passage this is or especially back then was a really treacherous journey because it's so far north it's it's you're trying you're trying to find something that you're not even sure exists well there's that and they also didn't know that they were only 1200 miles or 2000 kilometers from the north pole and actually north of the arctic circle so it was cold, icy. This is the Middle Ages, basically. So. And, and they were like, they were like, if we just make it to the dragon and get past that, <laughs> the dragon will grant us safe passage. And King <laughs> Arthur, if King Arthur can pull Excalibur, 
<laughs> from the they stone. Were, they probably were thinking that kind of shit, <laughs> <No>. though. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, spoiler alert. No one made it through successfully yes. the Northwest Passage until 1905. I was, I was going to say, I believe we covered that in something. I, or that I was a like backstory we, in something I feel like we, we mentioned it because Roald Amundsen was the one. That's right. The uh, the airship. Yes. Per, yes. Yes. It, I believe they were the first ones one. to do that. That, that one. Thing, that thing you do. <laughs> the one where was, the airship went. It was Tom Hanks we, discovered the North Pole. We have done 160 episodes, people. How do you expect <laughs> us to remember the details of every little thing? I can't even tell you when the hell that episode I was. No, they all run together. <laughs> uh, so therefore, that means Raleigh and Gilbert were not able to reach the Pacific Ocean, but they did survive. So that's a plus. <laughs> I mean, that's a bonus, right? Makes them a lot luckier than a lot of other people who tried. So after their voyage was basically a dud, Raleigh returned to England and got back into scrappling as he participated in the Desmond Rebellions in Ireland, specifically as a participant against the rebellion. So this is ostensibly, from what I could tell, a conflict about a feudal rule, you know, landowners, the gentry versus uh, the other people. Yeah, those people. <laughs> yeah. But... <laughs> the octogenarians. Like, <laughs> no. I don't even know. But uh, the the working class, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, but again... As, Those people. Yeah, the serfs. Surf is a There word, you go, yes. yeah. But again, just as, uh, or as just about everything during this time, it also contained an element of Catholic versus Protestant. So Walt was all into that. Whatever's against Catholicism, he was cool with. So the end of the rebellion resulted in him receiving again mm. air quotes yeah. uh seized land in ireland and a metric crap ton of it forty thousand acres making him a really big landlord in ireland uh have i railed against capital yet anyway it was during his irish landlording years that his previous partner in exploration crime his half-brother sir humphrey gilbert died uh, Gilbert had been aggressive in his desire to explore and colonize the New World in the name of the English crown. So he had gotten what was called a letter patent, uh, which is basically like a permission slip from the queen that was like, yes, you can go and search for stuff. <laughs> yes, you can go rule the world <laughs> uh-huh. if that's what you're feeling like. Um, and and his, his letters patent were actually... So he got them in 1578. They only lasted like six or seven years or something like that. So they were going to expire. But in 1583, he was able to get a bunch of private funding. Um, Much to, I'm sure, most British or English people's chagrin, including the Queen. Much to their their dismay. The chagrin was (laughs) from Catholic funders. So... uh, 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 uh. You didn't say the magic word. Uh, uh, uh. Do you remember that? Yes, I don't Jurassic know Park. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, uh, uh. Yes. Uh, although he acts, that, that funding actually fell through due to political fines and a lot of shit I'm not going to get into because I was not smart enough to figure it out. At any rate, that didn't stop him from still being able to take off with a fleet of five ships headed for North America in June of 1583. After some resistance from other vessels, he was able to formally seize Newfoundland for the English crown a couple months later. Unfortunately for Humphrey, due to not having sufficient supplies to create a settlement, he just, like, 
conquered it in name only sort of he's like okay bye we'll be back yeah. just put up a <laughs> you sign you stay here <laughs> yeah we don't take our site don't take our flag down <laughs> um on the return voyage to england uh humphrey wasn't the sharpest knife in the drawer, or maybe he was just super arrogant, but he ignored more knowledgeable navigators at his disposal. Arrogance. Veered his ship into dangerous waters and reportedly was sitting on the stern of his ship, reading a book when the entire ship sank and everybody drowned, including him. Okay. Yeah. So he was an asshole, apparently. Sounds like it. I think that's pretty safe to say about most of the people involved in this story. So despite his brother's inauspicious demise... Uh, his brother, so Humphrey's reputation was sufficient to help Walter obtain his own charter, sort of like an inherited charter, in 1584 from Queen Elizabeth to go explore the New World, hopefully with better results than Humphrey. And (laughs) this charter is another tell as to how fucked up this whole European colonization thing was. So, included in the wording of the charter are great phrases like, these are direct quotes, To discover barbarous lands, countries, and territories not actually possessed of any Christian prince, (laughs) nor inhabited by Christian people, to have, hold, occupy, and enjoy to him. But remember, Christianity (laughs) is always under attack. Yeah. That he should... They're not projecting at all. (laughs) That he shall and may encounter and expulse, repel, and resist all as without the especial liking and license of the said Walter Raleigh. In other words, he can get... Like, kill whoever he wants. Walter Raleigh shall have full and mere power and authority to correct, punish, pardon, govern, and rule. And with that lovely little piece of paper putting the full power of the English crown behind him to do basically whatever the fuck he wanted to for seven years in the New World, with anywhere he, quote, discovered. Hey, look, I discovered a place where people already live. (laughs) Look at what I found. (laughs) Brand new. New found land. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was a catch, though. Walt himself could not go exploring. He had to send others on his behalf. Mm -hmm. And that was not the first ending point. I still have like a page and a half to go. Okay, so the first scouting expedition to what would become... The eventual lost colony of Roanoke. And would not involve Sir Walter Raleigh. (laughs) Not physically. (laughs) Yes. At this juncture. (laughs) Because he literally doesn't have permission to go. No, the queen made him He has permission to kill and slaughter and... People, other people to do that on his behalf. Right. Uh Uh-huh. He just... (laughs) Oh, yeah. So Raleigh ended up hiring two men to lead his first expedition to the New World. Philip Amatus and Arthur Barlow. Amad, again, I don't know pronunciations. I could be saying them wrong. Amadis was a young man of only about 19 and an Englishman. Barlow was a little older. He was 34 and also an Englishman. And they set out on April 27th, 1584 with Amadis' captain of the flagship Bark Raleigh. Okay. Captained by Simon Fernandez. And Barlow was the captain of the second ship. Their route used the trade winds to help cross the Atlantic reaching the waters near the Bahamas, then part of the West Indies, then sailing north up the east coast of North America, where they were initially planning to reach the Chesapeake Bay, which is up in Virginia. 
modern-day Virginia, obviously, uh, they first spotted land when they saw the area near what is now Cape Fear, North ah, Carolina. Okay. So it's a little south of the Outer Banks, closer to Wilmington, Carolina mm-hmm. Beach, that area. Nine days later, they reached more shallow water of Pamlico Sound and the modern-day Outer Banks. Um, so again, quick reminder, the ge- the topography may have been a little different because of the barrier. Sure, bones, so. yeah. When the Amadas Barlow fleet reached this area... They met the Secotan tribe, who most likely had actually previously either encountered or at least seen European explorers before. So this, they were like, "This isn't our first like, rodeo with these people." Yeah, they're like, "Okay, we're not gonna like just immediately attack. We, we've like, seen you before. Let's." What, see what religion happens. are you peddling? <laughs> right? Oh, Catholicism. Yeah, we've had. No, a, no, no, no. Oh, I'm no. sorry. Uh, Protestantism. Protest- yes. Yes. Well, we haven't heard that one yet, but we heard mm-hmm. the last one and. We've decided that we don't want <laughs> no, either. No, thank you. Yeah, thank you. So the leader, We're going to take your ship. <laughs> so the leaders of the Secotens at this time was, and I'm going to have to say his name many times moving forward, so I need to explain that I could not find a pronunciation guide. So I'm going to spell it and then give my best guess, and we'll... we'll do our best. So it's W I N G I N A. So like Wingina potentially, or Wingina, or Wingina, or Wingina. Um, hopefully. Wingaya. Yeah. Who knows? I even looked up Algonquin because this is Carolinian Algonquin apparently. Sure. I looked up a pronunciation guide, and I really couldn't find a whole lot to that particularly help. Um, so, uh, it could be Wingina. We get to that later. I I think I mentioned, um, it's possible it was Wingina. Wingina. What, which do you like better? (laughs) Wingina? Wingina, sure. Wingina. Okay, we'll go with that for now. My apologies. Wingina. No, it's not German. (laughs) Um, uh, however, very recently... Uh, at this point, uh, Wingina had been injured in a war with the Pamlico tribe, so he sent his brother. <laughs> sorry, here it goes again. Granganameo, uh, to meet with the explorers, and things actually went surprisingly, at least in retrospect, well. No. Oh. Uh, so basically, everyone was on relatively friendly terms. <laughs> yeah, they didn't start killing each other until like a couple of months later. Well, here's what probably helped. Um, this was an expedition only. They were going to go there, explore for six weeks, and leave. No one was staying behind. So, it, once they explained that, it I'm made sure it was no, like, It made no sense oh. to ruffle feathers. Yeah. It was just like, like, okay, you're, it's like, we found this place. We'll be rid of you. We found these people. Mm-hmm. We can get these supplies. There are plenty of trees, plenty of, you know, we can plant Resources. things. Resources. And I'm sure. So it was, the, it was basically like a it was basically it was just like a scouting patrol. Yeah, and I'm sure <laughs> that just back then it took five years, <laughs> six weeks. I, I told know, you I'm it was kidding. only six weeks. I'm kidding. Um. So and I'm guessing that the Secotens were like, okay, so they're leaving. That's good. We're okay. Fair enough. Um. And we'll keep an eye out for them when they for when they come back. Right. Well. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and they, they traded with the Secotans, too. And they were on what is now Roanoke Island. So okay. that, that's where they ended up being. So when the expedition was 
set back for England, they did bring with them two of the native people they encountered. So I couldn't find any specific reference as to whether this was done with or without their consent. I'm kind of guessing that because they did have generally friendly relations. Go either way, Well, because they had generally friendly relations, I would guess that it was consensual in the sense of like oh okay we'll go with you but what they promised them or told them would happen yeah, yeah. i'm gonna guess they, there wasn't a super clear and we'll get to that in a little bit i think bit that too. is the the more likely scenario yeah uh so since the uh did I, okay at any rate these two people were wanchis the ru- ruler of the roanoke people and manio a leader of the croatan people so remember what i said the two main cities or towns in Roanoke Island are mm-hmm. Manio and Wanchis. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Bob's your uncle. When they reached England, the English explorers were happy to report friendly encounters with the indigenous peoples and, of course, to show off their new friends. Mm. Yeah, a little, like a little, uh, a little show off of the, quote, exotic people, I'm sure. Um, and so when they, they were saying, hey, look, here's Wanchis and Manio. Uh, I'm sure they said it just like that. (laughs) Raleigh ended up housing, and by housing I mean kind of sequestering, the two men in his London residence because he was trying to kind of like keep them from outside influence. Also, they didn't have the press back then, but you know, like uh, rumors spreading or whatever the case may be. Um, And he got scientist Thomas Harriet, another name that will pop back up, to try to learn the language that they spoke, Carolina Algonquin. He was able to accomplish this and was eventually able to converse with both Wanchis and Manio. So. Interesting. Although uh, Manio was a little chattier than Wanchis, because Wanchis was starting to feel less like a guest and more like a captive. He's like, I'm not feeling like this is... He's like, I didn't, and where I want to be. He's like, I didn't really sign up for the whole language learning program. Or being sequestered, like, in the middle of this weird place <laughs> yeah. in Europe. And I kind of want to go back. He started to suspect their motives a little bit, which, fair, fair guess. So Raleigh was happy to report, of course, very grandly, the resounding success of this social exchange, as well as what he characterized as fertile and abundant land back in the New World. So in other words, hey, we should go back. But this time, we should keep some people there. Let's start colonizing, actually establishing a colony. And Queen Elizabeth was like, yeah, I, I got gotcha. like, it. Sounds she's good. like, yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. <laughs> uh, and, and she considered the expedition a success. And that's what earned Raleigh his sir title. Uh, which he was given in 1585, along with, as promised in his charter, the land he discovered, discovered, which Elizabeth dubbed the colony of Virginia. At this time, at the time of his knighting, relations between the Kingdom of England and the Spanish Empire were rapidly deteriorating. (laughs) The decades-long battle between Protestantism and Catholicism and the territorial disputes in this new world reached reached the last straw in 1585 when the Spanish seized English ships in Spanish harbors, turning the long-held animosity into the Anglo-Spanish War, which would last until 1604. Jesus. Yeah. So, yeah, they weren't fucking around. It was with this massive conflict in the background that Walter, 
Now, Sir Raleigh pressed forward with plans to establish his colony in Virginia with actual colonists. That is my first potential stopping point. What what say you? I say that's a good place. Good place to stop? Yeah. Okay. Because so, now, now we're... Now we know that people are, all right, we're sending you back. Now you're going to colonize this area. Mm-hmm. So, so what it, this means is this is going to be a three-parter. Okay. That's yeah, fine. Because the, the rest of the story is going to be longer. Now we, the rest of the story. <laughs> was that Paul Harvey's? Yes. Yes, it was. Was he on like MPR Paul back Harvey's? The the, I, it was like a syndicated Show radio thing. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I heard it, to it. I heard it in Messina, New York. I thought the guy was like broadcasting from Messina, New York, when I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand that. No, this is being broadcast everywhere. Syndicated, yes, <laughs> yes. uh huh, yes, indeed. So, so yeah, I think this is going to be a three-parter. All right, that's fine. I mean, so, it's I mean, there are, it's a lot to take in. I think this maybe should be a three-parter. Yeah, I'm not usually a huge fan of um, after Chernobyl. I got Chernobyl. <laughs> that traumatized me mildly because it was that was four parts and a hell of a lot of science. It maybe that was it. Maybe and it's that easier was to less, talk about history. That was than less science. than a year before our less than a year into it for us because that was our fiftieth. Oh, yeah. It was going into a year. Yeah, that was our year first Mm -hmm. uh, two years ago. I know. Oh man, and it still traumatizes me. (laughs) Um, And that's when we got when the miniseries came out on HBO. That's when we got like all of a sudden a huge bump in listens. Yeah, those episodes. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, but uh, I just I I will fully acknowledge that. I am using this as an opportunity to make up for the fact that I didn't learn about any of this growing up. Well, I mean, I, I, like I didn't either. I mean, I, I, I had heard of Columbus. I knew 14, sure. Columbus sailed the ocean blue in 1492. That's the one. And I knew about the pilgrims. Mm-hmm. If you had put a gun to my head, I probably could have come up with 1600s, but I wouldn't have known what I wouldn't year. know. I wouldn't know the exact date, but yeah, it's 1620s. And then I would have known like American Revolution. But I didn't know about 1775. this. I'd heard yeah. of Ponce de Leon. Um, I never heard of the Lost Colony of Roanoke. I, I maybe heard of... Oh, yes. Sir Walter Raleigh, he was such a stupid git. In... Um, that's a lyric. That's actually a Beatles lyric. <laughs> okay. I know. All right. So they, in the White Album, they did a song called I'm So Tired. And, they were uh, tired of Sir Walter Raleigh. No, just tired in general. <laughs> and it was a, it was a Lennon song, and one of the lyrics is, "And curse Sir Walter Raleigh, he was such a stupid git," meaning he was he's addicted oh, to cigarettes. cigarettes. Nicotine's keeping That's him right. up and stopping him from falling asleep. So he curses Sir Walter Raleigh. <laughs> they still made like Sir Walter Raleigh cigarettes into like the seventies, I want to say something mm. like that, seventies or early eighties. Plus, I think this is like. This is our hometown historic mystery. Yeah. You know, being it's, North Carolina anyway. Yes. Well, obviously, we're not in the Outer Banks, but... And the surrounding uh, players in the story. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is how... You know, when we're when we're going into the human history part of forming the new world, which is what we're in now, uh-huh. all sorts of things started to take place yeah mm-hmm. um colonization war between countries mm-hmm. who are trying to colonize mm-hmm. i mean all sorts of shit was mm-hmm. it set the template for everything we've dealt with in society told now and, mm-hmm. and continue 
It really did. Yeah. And really, like, the only reason that this even qualifies for what we're doing is because we don't know what it's happened. It's a flat-out mystery. The, <laughs> the colonists, yeah. they, they could have been massacred. We'll could get have been. to that. Yeah. Um, so maybe this was a crime. We don't know. We don't know. So it leaves it open. So I will fully acknowledge that this is a very loose interpretation episode for us. But I was just super fascinated by it. And especially right now, I'm especially interested in reparations. And um, and in fact, I think, um, oh, and I'm going to I'm going to fuck this all up. There was a recent Supreme Court decision about returning land to indigenous people of Oklahoma. Yes. So this is I mean, this will never not be pertinent. What European colonists did to the indigenous people of North America because and they're still doing and are constantly doing um, because because I firmly believe this is a big part of why we're so fucked up that we we started off on the wrong foot and we have never tried to fix it. Well, never learned from it. Never made never even made the attempt to learn. Yeah. From it. Yeah. OK. Yeah. Just try to enough. just try to be like, no, that was something in the past that has nothing to do with today. And not only that, but... And that's just not true. We're the greatest country in America. And no. it, that's... We are the greatest country in America. Oh, did I, say, I did say the greatest country in America. <laughs> of, of all the Americas. Of all Americas. Because there are several. We're the best. <laughs> we know all the best Americas. <laughs> we, I, look, look, two things. I, I know all the best Americans, and I have all the best Americas. <laughs> but, it's a great ally. <laughs> But I, I just thought that, like, it, 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 I do think it meets our criteria, but it's also so. just, yeah. I find it fascinating. fascinating. And once it was, it was like going to go one of two ways, either a super high level glossing over, like touching on main points sort of research or what I'm doing. Which is basically making up for the fact that I never attended middle school or high school. And so I'm writing all my research papers on history now. After you opened a small business on top of that. Well, yes. <laughs> I did do that. So um, I'm hoping that it's something that people find interesting. and I think people will. I think some people will. I think some people yeah. will be pissed too. I'll, I'll be perfectly honest. I think some people are going to tune out. Yeah. But, I mean, we've always done this for us. We so. Have. Um, so loyal listeners, if you're not super into this, hang in there. It'll only be a few episodes. We'll be back. We'll do an air crash. You people love air disasters. <laughs> we'll do an air disaster for you. We'll do something. We'll even eventually do the Titanic. I, I was mean, just don't going to say. do it, but we will eventually do it. <laughs> I'll do we it. Will do I know it. you don't want to yeah, do it. No, you should. You and Danny should. Your nephew because you he's now interested in it. Um, but we can't have him on the, on the pot. He's only 10. <laughs> no, he's 10 years old. <laughs> so that, oh no, you're the one who does it now. I am. I, I, I didn't know you were wrapping up. I'm sorry. Oh, well, unless you have anything else to, to I do add. Not. Um, other than this is a crazy story and I'm going to have to sneeze. So okay. Gonna, so so I'll this. hand it back to me. Um, bless oh, you. Thank you. One thing I did leave out was the number of um, colonists in the intro who went missing. We'll get into that a little bit. Obviously, we're talking about very old records, but there are some. I took that out because (laughs) 
I'm only just researching that part now, and I might have been wrong on that number. So no, that's okay. We'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to all the, the missing and potentially murdered people later. So this is, this has been the first of uh, most likely three, I three episode uh-huh. edition of The Lost Colony of Roanoke. What, what should we call episode one? Part one... European fuckery? No. There we go. <laughs> no. That, that I'll come up with something. Or maybe just part one. Honestly, it'll <laughs> a probably new, just a be new part hope. one. And then we'll call the next one <laughs> The Empire Strikes Back. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll call the third one Return of the Jedi. Yes. <laughs> I actually kind of like that. <laughs> well, <laughs> That's I mean, perfect. well, in a sense, it is A New Hope. You're it's, right. You know, and then. Um, the Empire <laughs> Strikes Back. Because they're coming back. <laughs> and then <laughs> the Return of like, the Jedi. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yes. I like that. Let's do it. All We're right. totally going to do it. George Lucas, please don't sue us. Just have <laughs> have your people reach out to our people, being us. And if you just want us to take it down, we will. So. <laughs> yes, we totally <laughs> yes, will. We, I don't want We it. have no money. I do not want to, to, uh, to be sued by Disney. No. No. <laughs> Because we're the type of people that those companies go after. They, we are. Yeah. We are. Yeah. You're, you're not wrong about that. So anyway, that was that was the Lost Colony of Roanoke, episode four, A New Hope. <laughs> no, we have to call go- it episode four? I'm going in the Star Wars I'm just, timeline. I'm going to call it part one. Part one, A, A New, New hope. hope. There we go. This has been another episode of All Bad Things. I'm David. I'm Rachel. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>